Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by the guys at exoticlimo.com.au and our new sponsor, the guys at Hungover Clothing. Uh, visit Hungover to find out your newest drinking wear. Feel your worst while looking your best at hungover.net.au. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is Bomfer. Choo choo! That's right, Corey. The Bombs Express is back, and JL2 is over. So, look, there's no more important thing than to go through and review the JL JLT round two games. But before that, Corey, uh, where can the listeners uh, get us on social media? Find us on Twitter at SC Elites. Find us on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Facebook at Supercoach Elites. And as always, on the website at www.supercoachelites.com. Uh, we can find all our weekly articles. Something exciting that's coming tomorrow, Bombs. Uh, Smitty, you would know him. He's been on the podcast before. Is dropping his JLT spreadsheet. So it's a combined... We use them to record the pod. It's combined of uh, round one, round two, um, a total aggregate of the JLT. It has what's got scores, uh, disposals, uh, disposal efficiency, um, and the JLT time on ground, not to mention their 2018 average, what they've averaged over the JLT, their price, their position, all colour coordinated for each team during the JLT. He's done this, I know Smitty's done this for the last couple of years, they are always a big hit in the community and something that you will definitely want to use when it comes down to leading into the season. Bombs, you're taking your first look at it now, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm taking my first look at this year's one and yeah, look, the layout is uh, what I think I love the best, you know, you've just got the beautiful colours going on there, you've got the team logos. It's really easy to use, and I'll tell you what, uh, there's a lot of underappreciated stuff that kind of goes on in this page, and uh, this is certainly one of them, because this is something that I know what we know takes Joel a lot of time and a lot of effort, and we would just like to personally say thank you, Joel, here in the podcast, but we know, Joel, that uh, the community would also really appreciate a tool like this, because it, it just helps so much rather than flicking through all your footy info apps and you know your fan footies and trying to find things left, right, and centre. Bang, everything's just on one page. It's a beautiful piece of work. Blood, sweat, tears, hard effort went into this. So, yeah, really appreciate it, Joel. A shout out to your missus as well, because I know uh, she's putting a fair bit of time over the last couple of days putting up with your supercoach bullshit, too. So, <laughs> as a lot of probably a lot of the girlfriends out in the community do girlfriends, wives, partners. Um, you know what I heard today? I've heard one of the most bizarre things, right? And uh, this all came through on one of our, or via our website. But there's a bloke out there whose missus has transformed her Instagram to call herself, you know, something like, uh, you know, the girlfriend of a supercoacher or something, or the wife of a supercoacher or something like that, just to document how painful life is because the husband or fiancé or boyfriend is so invested in bloody supercoach. It's, uh, it's a great one. And look, that's a great segue into, that's for our exotic limo league. So we ran this league last last year. It's going to be the main league that we talk about each week on the podcast. Both myself and Bumps are in the league. Um, and there's 16 spots up to grabs, up for grabs, I should say. So what do you do? You head over to our forums on www.supercoachelite.com. Um, in our forums, we've got the exotic limo league uh, link, how to get in the league. 
you got to get creative. You have to get really, really creative with these things. It's not just a matter of jumping on and tell us what your rank was last year. That doesn't interest us. We've got our email address on there as well. So if you do get creative, like one of our listeners has already, he's written a song about the Bonfs Express. Now, this was one of the greatest things that I listened to. I was hacking myself. Um, When we get towards the back end of it, we'll probably share some of the better things that we've heard in um, over the recent weeks. But things like that, you have to get creative. If you want to be in this league, and I'll tell you, the prizes that the boys at Exotic Limo put up each and every year are pretty good. So we don't know what they are yet. They said they will come out. Um, But you want to be in this league. You want to be versus me. You want to be just absolutely ripping into bombs every week when you've absolutely smashed him because that's what we look forward to i look forward to the most coming on here and just hearing bombs being really deflated because one of our listeners has just absolutely taken taken what do you what what does the express run on Cold, oh well butter. A freight train whatever a freight train <laughs> runs on no idea but yeah probably a fair bit of butter i would have thought yeah, yeah beautiful so there's nothing better Get in there, get on the website. Um, yeah, you will not regret it. The other thing I, I just want to say, I know I dropped it at the, uh, the top of the pod, but it's great to have hungover clothing on board with us for the year. They do some awesome um, shirts, singlets, stubby holders, so definitely go have a look at them. Um, there's a chance we'll have a hungover league coming up too. We're in, the, we're in the talks of that, but it's great to have another sponsor on board for the year. And we're looking at one more. We said we'll try and get three this year. So if you know someone, you know a brand, you know a company, you want weekly exposure on the podcast, um, give us a shout-out, shoot us an inbox, and we can get into discussions there. But this is a Supercoach podcast, Bonds. We need to talk oh, some Supercoach. Let's start with Geelong and Essendon. Um, and I think we should start with Jordan Clark down back again. Is he a lock for round one or what? Yep, uh, I absolutely think so. And I know people will bitch, moan and complain about, um, you know, his kind of game on the weekend. They didn't think he got awfully involved. But you know what? 11 possessions, 11 kicks at 72%. And 11 kicks generated him 67 points. And let me tell you this, his kicking was not elite. It certainly was not. And if he can kind of have that sort of uh, influence or impact out on the field, then uh, 144K, you, you find the 20. Because my suspicions following JLT2 is that we are going to be short, short, short on for rookies come round one. And uh, these little gems like Jay Clark at 144K, uh, whack them on your field because uh, he's a certain starter come round one. Don't you worry about that. Mm, I I was really impressed. And that was the thing that kind of got me. When you had a look at, all right, 11 possessions... Yeah, because I, I didn't watch this game live. I had to go back and rewatch it. I remember I was I was out, so I was checking yeah. stats on my way home. I clicked on, I seen 11 possessions. I clicked into that again to, to get the breakdown of the 11. Yeah, 11 kicks. I think there was a couple rebound 50s. Um, I think there was a couple of score involvement, so he was on some link-up chains as well. I was, I was, without watching it live and then going back and rewatching it, I was super impressed with just 11 touches for the kids. So I think, I think they got a little gem down there at, uh, at Geelong, and I'm pretty sure he'll be playing round one, and he's one that I really like. Uh, not to shoot too much from your article tomorrow, Bumps, you are covering quite a bit um, yes. in your weekly article, but Charlie Constable is one who you will be featuring in there. Uh, another one of my love, I was going to say children, he is one of my love childs. Children's probably the word. Now, That's an 
got yeah. about one or two or three from every team. Um, it's always oh, there's, good. A, there's, a few, there's probably a few out there that aren't even involved in Supercoach. You're, you're, you're about to get one or two right when you, when you claim that. When you that. produce that many. Yeah. <laughs> but no, Charlie Constable, absolutely love the kid. Uh, another good game on the weekend, 17 disposals. His Supercoach score was only 61. I'm not looking too much into that. It's great to see he's involved. He can get his own pill. What are your thoughts? Oh, wow. Don't forget, he did that from 50% game time, and it oh, was noticeable. Yeah. Look, that's that's the joys of having uh, this spreadsheet sitting in front of you. Yeah, and look, I mean, this fella, it was noticeable when he was on field. I mean, my concern is that 50%, he was kind of in probably the bottom six for time on ground played for the Cats, and they played probably six more. Or how many did they played? 26 or, or 28? I think it was 26. Um, so, obviously, four of those on the weekend are going to need to get cut. You'd assume that probably Darcy Fort, Markle and Guthrie, they were all pretty bad, that all three of those will go. And it's just a matter of who else they kind of take out from this position because some of the other fellas they got running through there are more forward-line pressure-type players like Myers or Atkins, who we might see kind of feature round one and become cash cow options for us. So it does leave Constable probably a little bit vulnerable for round one given uh, – He's, he's more of a midfielder than anything else, and Geelong are pretty well stocked in that area. So if selected, I think we have to run with him because his scoring potential is really, really good. Um, I mean, as what, what was it again? 61 from 50-odd percent game time yeah. on the weekend. And then in JLT uh, 1, he had a 92 from 71%. So yeah, I think you have to run with him uh, should he be there round one. If he's not there, you'd assume it'd be Tom Atkins because I think one of them yeah. are coming into that team round one too. So he had the 80 super coach points, 17 disposals as well at 64%, 68% time on ground. So he got that little bit more than Char- the, the look-in over Charlie yeah. Constable this week too. So you'd assume, uh, you know, we hate to assume here, but you'd assume that it'll be one of Constable or Atkins, but both will play at some stage during this year. What do you think of his game? Oh, Atkins was uh, really good. He was the one that probably, for me, he's a, he's a shoo-in in that forward line uh, to kind of start round one. Myers would be the one that I think was more likely to get dropped. Uh, not dropped, rather, that's a bit harsh, or not uh, make the round one team. Not sure who else they got to come back from the team they fielded on the weekend too, because they were pretty much a full strength. But, uh, yeah, for me, Atkins, he plays, man. Like, 12 contested touches in his 17 as well. Um, and this is the bloke. Was he? I think he was the ex VFL captain for the Cats, and uh, even recorded a stat, I believe, where he had 23 tackles in a game of football last year as well. So, bloke knows how to tackle. Pretty handy. Uh, yes. Let's keep it in the kind of midfield players. Timmy Kelly, Menengola. We'll start with those two because last week we were talking about maybe. Tim Kelly's not going to get as much time in the midfield. Maybe, you know, Menengola's looking good again. Um, and then this week it kind of flipped on its head. Menengola had 80% time on ground, um, spent a lot more time forward while Tim Kelly kind of dominated the game alongside Joel Salwood. What's your view on these two? Is it going to be too much yo-yo uh, effect each week? Is it going to be one's up, one's down? Or are we just reading too much into JLT? Yep, reading far too much in it. This is purely, and I mean purely, a matter of what the player needs to kind of get himself ready to round one. No concerns um, about either of them. I mean, I didn't have too many concerns last week about Kelly's kind of poor performance. Don't have the same concerns around Minagola. This is all about workload. This is about time spent on ground and kind of what you're doing on the ground, where they need to do a, a sort of a li- little bit more intensive work through the midfield 
or they want to do a little bit uh, sort of a bit more in the forward line where it, you know it's kind of that repetitive uh, kind of sprint type efforts as opposed to the the grind that is the midfield so uh, no concerns and I don't bother reading too much into premium performances because I think things settle down come round one because if every player uh, if we were concerned about every player uh, or every premium kind of like Menegola was this week we'd end up with pretty much no good players in our team and our team would be full of players priced between three and five hundred k. Who would you take out of the two right now running into the season? Menegola. Yeah, I'm the same. I would definitely take him in Angola. Um, Salwood, is he probably one of the biggest pods out there at the moment? Yeah, I, I consistently through his preseason, I've lumped him into that conversation with Matt Crouch, um, Dusty Martin, Zach Merritt, uh, you know, Parker guys around that kind of price. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is kind of what Salwood does. I mean, I mean, we've all seen him have you know nearly 40 touches before in a game and absolutely tear games to shreds. So. That there's absolutely no different, and at some stage we'll probably all consider someone at some point. I would have thought, but he's certainly a pod. It's such a deep midfield, isn't it? Yeah, like we Look, all talk about Collingwood, but it's pretty big. No, the Cats midfield is absolutely stacked, and probably the reason why people talk about Collingwood is because they're a bit younger. Yep. So this is kind of you know your Salwoods are more and your Ablett, even though he's not a midfielder anymore. These are just more names as opposed to anything because you're kind of expecting them to kind of be on the de- on the decline kind of thing. But no, they're just super players. Um, you know, if you remember the Geelong podcast that we put out a while ago, um, Joel Sutherland's averages over his entire career. I mean, the bloke just doesn't average underneath 100, and he hasn't since his second year of football where he averaged 91. He's um, so he's just been oh, sorry 98. Um, He's been absolutely phenomenal. And in each and every one of those years, his lowest average was 102. Um, so, look, you know you're going to get points when you when you sort of pick this bloke. You buy into the Dalhouse game at all? 118, 25 disposals, 76% disposal efficiency, 76, uh, 67% time on ground, sorry. Yeah, I do. I do. And the reason I do that is because Dalhouse is... Uh, the forward line is so open... And I won't start with him, but after seeing a kind of performance like that, and it's just good for him to kind of get it, get himself onto the park and put a performance like this because it might just remind him and kind of trigger himself to be like, well, hold on a minute, I can play football. Um, I know the role within my team here. Um, Geelong's a better football club than Footscray or Bulldogs, whatever you want to call them. Um, so, you know, he's half a chance to have a decent year, but I'm not willing to take that sort of risk. I heard pretty happy too. The one thing that I am hearing, that he is uh, enjoying football again. Enjoying the culture. I mean, that's probably what you're going to hear in a pre-season. But, um, yeah, there's there's a bit of a... Oops, sorry. A bit of a rift around that doggy's camp. So, uh, Patrick Dangerfield. Again, I don't want to touch on it. But we just got to keep drilling into people that you have to pick this man. There's no questions. You just have to pick him. Has he at any stage moved from your team in the preseason? No. No. And the reality is he won't. He's he's only owned in 67% calls, and, and that's unders. That should be 100. He's going to average 130 this year. He's not he's not playing that forward line role he played last year. He's still pumped out a 120 year. He's not doing that. He's, he's back up to 130. I'm so confident in it. He's so good. He's actually he's, so good. Uh, jump across to the Bombers. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Francis getting a little bit of love. It was kind of good to have him back to 
a bit of a reality check this week. I was a little bit worried that there was going to be, he was going to suck too many super coaches in. I did say that I think he'll be super, super coach relevant in the next couple of years, but I don't think we're ready now. The other one that I'm worried about, though, is Jordan Ridley, 233k. 97 in JLT1, 94 in JLT2. Seems to be floating, grabbing some balls, taking some kickouts, taking some marks. This is one of those ones that I think people are going to get sucked into when they're looking too much into the whole um, JLT format because I expect Hurley and probably Francis to do a lot more of what Jordan Ridley's doing in the JLT. 233k bumps, your thoughts? Yeah, strongly disagree with everything that you just said, to be honest. If you saw this game of football, you would be mighty hell impressed. And to be honest, with the news that kind of came out about Dill Robertson and that sort of stuff, um, it's within the realms of possibility that Ridley ends up in my team over Robertson. What do you think he's going to average? Oh, 75, 80. If he, if he can do that, he's done his job. Even if he averages 70, he's done his job, to be honest. He's that cheap. Anything kind of 70 plus will uh, probably make 150k from a Who player like that. have a bigger average this year, him or Darcy Moore? Um, I think, mm, that's interesting. Do you remember the question was average too? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mind immediately went to, I want to pick Ridley, but I'm, I'm not confident he's going to average more than Darcy Moore. Because I think Moore will break down after five games, whereas Ridley's risk is um, getting dropped. And if he's producing games like that, then that ain't going to happen. The only person that probably might come in and affect Ridley might be Marty Gleeson, who's set to miss the first part of the year. Um, and the other bloke as well, the Kyle Hooker. Yeah, but yeah. I, yeah, I don't think Kyle Hooker. Yeah, so to me, someone's going to come out though. When yeah, when I guess someone's going to come out. But I mean, if he's producing that sort of performance, does is he the one to come out? See, I just think I think we're probably expecting too much from a bloke who's played five games or six games or whatever the hell he's played. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, I know it's a little bit more than that. That was kind of a throwaway line, but No, he's played three games. Oh there you go, three. Yeah. I remember because I wrote about him a fair bit last year too. So um yeah, I just think it's too much. I'd much rather go down to the Cum Express. <laughs> Any excuse just to drop that on the pot, oh, I reckon. Yeah, that. <laughs> um, yeah, see, I think I think he's going to be a JLT trap, Jordan Ridley. You know who he reminds me of? Riley Bonner, bro. Last year. Yeah, but yeah. you know what happened uh, with Riley Bonner? After round two, we were all trading him in after he went like high 70, high 70 or something like that, didn't he? I don't think I was. But I did. Oh, that's hey, right. I'll tell you, you didn't start yeah. him, did you? No, I didn't start him, and I went and jumped on him uh, just before his price rise because I thought, ooh, here's a good thing. I'll tell you who was a trap, and we kind of identified it last week, was uh, his teammate there, Andy McGrath. Big JLT trap. Only scored 71 on the weekend. Yeah. Um, happy for those teams that were considering him because, what do we say, when they get their complement of midfielders back, he's going to get pushed out. And that's exactly what happened. He got pushed out. He's had 22 touches. I like, guess a fair bit of ball, but only 71. And you could argue, you could almost argue that the the main midfielders didn't really spend as much time in there as what they they're, they're probably going to be in there a little bit more to come yeah. the start of it all. Well, Zaharakis wasn't floating in there too much. Heppel only played sixty five percent. Zach Merritt fifty nine. Merritt fifty nine. Yeah, like disposals uh, off fifty nine percent game time. It's hmm. not bad for Zachy Merritt. Harris forty six percent. I mean, they had a lot of. Uh, and a players who can push in and around the midfield that played low percentage game time. David Myers was only 61%. Dev Smith only 71 Is Zach Merritt going to be the kind of player that we 
immediately regret not picking because I think, of JLT. Yeah, you know what? Um, I think we always regret picks, and it's a matter of who we pick in their place. And merits in that conversation with Crouch, and given Crouch had a full game, you wouldn't blame people for kind of jumping on the Matt Crouch. I'm obviously speaking about. You wouldn't blame people for picking Matt Crouch. Um, you wouldn't blame people people for picking Dusty Martin. Um, but you could certainly regret it because merit, I think, is every chance to average over one ten. Mm. Oh, we've both been we've mind. both been very big on him. So. I've been big on Merrick for about three years. I mean, I started him last year, um, you know, picked him very, very early uh, in the year when he was available as a forward, and he won me the flag that year, which ultimately got me the gig on this show, didn't it? So, um, no, I'm, I've got a lot of ties to Zach Merrick. I owe him a lot. Mm. Should pick him again, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'd be pleased to know, Corey, that he's actually sitting in my team. Right oh, I am really pleased to actually hear that. Because I'll tell you what, because I had him for about two or three months, I reckon, and yeah. then kind of started fiddling, and he's not in there right now. So I just really want someone to start him. Yeah, and I, I'd, 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 I'd be happy if it was you, because if he was going good, I'd be happy for you, and if he started going shit, I'd be so happy. Yeah, well, you've just got ammunition. We might have uh, round round one uh, or whenever we kind of do our elite, uh, you know, kick off the season party kind of thing between the admins here, and we might just end up dropping another photo of me being depressed about Merritt again. Always good. Yeah, well, for you, not not so much. Uh, I'm misery at that time. What about Dev Smith? What has Dylan Shield done? Is it just a matter of they already know how good he is? Let's just send him to relax a little bit. Shall tell you, we don't care. What are you expecting from Dev Smith this year? Well, what I'm expecting him is to do, still do a lot of the kind of the tackles and probably a bit of grunt work as well. So same sort of role as last year, to be honest. I don't think, um, look, when you produced the year he had, you know, won the best and fairest, um, was really, really consistent. You don't want to toy with that because if you can get that every week, you're, you know, you're setting yourself up to kind of get a win, I think. Um, so, look, Dev Smith, he's... Fantasy numbers are higher than his super coach, and that's because he doesn't use the ball incredibly well. But what he does do, um, well, generally, is accumulate enough ball and enough tackles um, to kind of get himself over that 90 mark um, each and every single week. So I think he'll go with kind of between the 95 to 100 mark, and it, and it puts him as a you know top 8 to 10 forward. So if you want to start the year with him, go with it. I, I don't see him dropping off too many points to uh, for that to be a bad selection. Big Joe Danaher to kick six in round one. Throw <laughs> that person. Uh, I got no idea. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he might have six shots a goal, and two of them might go through the points, and the other four might end up in the crowd out in the full. I reckon. Uh, they have uh, GWS up there. Oh, dude, his kicking is so bad. Honestly, <laughs> you can't pick him. Honestly, you can't. Uh, I don't think they really offered anything else, did they? No, they don't. They don't offer much Essendon. Not in not in the way of rookies or anything like that. No. Mm. I think Sammy Draper would be interesting if anything happened to Tom Bell Chambers, but I can't see that being the no. case before round one. So. And I think they play Zach Clark ahead of Draper anyway. And, oh, yeah. Clark's out. For, how long's he out for? Is he injured? Yeah, that's why he didn't play. Yeah, no, that was that's not a proper injury though. Oh, that's more so. of a you know, it's, let's not risk anything further. Type injury. Oh, I think there was something in there. I remember reading something. I don't know. Could just be making things up. Playing in my head again. There's multiple personalities <laughs> are coming out. Uh, Adelaide GWS. 
Is Brody Smith the biggest lock in Supercoach right now? Is he the biggest lock in Supercoach? No, he's Dangerfield. Yeah, well, no, he's not. I don't even think he's the biggest lock in mid prices. But, um, gee, you'd be pretty ballsy not to start with him, I think. Um, yeah, certainly locked into my team. Has been for a long period of time. Um, yeah, look, I, I don't think there's much negative to say about him. I mean, Brody Smith is what he is. We know what he can do. Um, and at some point during the preseason, I think it was early Feb, I even dropped an article on, on Brody Smith saying um, why we should be taking him and why he was underpriced and why he presented so much value. But I think also within that, we've seen a bloke who only averaged over 90 once. So I would continue to suggest to people that we're probably not picking him as a keeper. Um, we're picking him to kind of fill his role for the first part of the season before he's uh, shipped off uh, with, say, another 100k to maybe someone on a real sort of top issue on uh, top defender. Which, uh, if the JLT is anything to go by, especially with Brody Smith's role, watch it. I, I think the kick-in thing actually gives him a little benefit. Now, I will give you some credit because the one thing I've done from following the kick-in stats over the last two weeks has realised you were right, Bombs, and I don't normally say this too often. It is the most overhyped, overrated thing in the world. Um yeah. But the one thing that I do like about it is when he's not on kick-ins, and this kind of relates to Rory Laird as well, I think we expected a lot more kick-ins to go far. Now, the one thing that almost the data I figured out is that the ball's either going to a pocket or it's going 50-plus. When it is going to a pocket, they're getting it to Brody Smith or to Rory Laird or someone who can actually break the line a little bit further than what just the platform could do as well, too. So, I I just think that the way the game's set up and how they want that quick pace, uh, you know, the AFL's trying to speed up the game, I think it really does benefit someone like Brody Smith. Of course, the injury worry is always there. I don't want to say it. But that's what happens when you pick these players. I mean, it is absolutely horrible. But the fact that Dill Robb's got this scared now, what... I are, are we surprised... Probably not. It is it is really sad, and it's shit to see. Um, you know, if you're going to take a bloody positive out of it, and I can't believe I'm saying this, at least it happened before the season started. Um, and that's a real selfish super coach way to, to, to think about it. I, I would not wish this upon anyone. Um, but... <laughs> but then we've like this is the risk that you take with, with picking Brody Smith and it comes down to how much are you going to get sucked into JLT how many mid prices do you really want to take because if one if one of these goes wrong it's hard enough to fix it up if you've got two three or four mid price players man it is hard to correct from there if they go yeah, wrong, if they go right, you're bloody flying. You look like a genius. You're winning 50k. Yeah, I must <laughs> say, I must say though, I've never had this many mid prices in my team ever. I'm with you again. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I get nervous when I've got maybe two, and I think I've got four currently sitting in my team. It's, uh, I'll it, tell you this: it, it is. If I had to put a statement before this season starts, I will say it is the year of the mid pricer. Yeah, actually, I've got five in my team. Holy crap! <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and you know what, we'll probably get to, on part two of the podcast here, probably get to who the, the one that's made himself his way into the team. Hey, anyway, let me let me say this. Why I thought it was all overrated. Why would a team want to kick the ball 50 metres to a one-on-one contest if they can retain possession? 
isn't you mean isn't to a pack? Po- you mean to a pack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. to a pack. That's what's happening. Yeah. I mean, that's what's happening when you're kicking the ball 50 metres. You're not kicking it to someone free and on their own. Teams want to maintain possession of the ball, but it, to me, it just goes against everything that you know football is about: Re- retain possession of the footy because that's the best kind of defense you can have. Right? That's funny too. Matter, they the, can't score. the one teams you're noticing that are playing a, a um, retention are the, the ones that really spoke out to me this weekend were kind of Adelaide, um, Sydney, yeah, Pies. They're, they're the teams that love, that have the good ball users. You know, I was watching St Kilda and Freo yesterday. St Kilda, St Kilda played on 100% of the time and I think bar one or two kicks, they were all 50 plus. It was just absolutely launching the ball down the line because they're probably not confident enough to kick the ball around the back. They want to play that quick style. It's We're going to get a vast different option from different teams, um, but I think the better teams are going to chip it around. I think it helps Rory Laird, and I think it helps Brody Smith. And even if they're not... Like, Rory Laird, he took, he's taken one kick out the whole JLT. I think he's going to kind of benefit off taking marks and going along. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think People, of Rory Laird with Brody Smith? Well, no, no concerns. People worried about this. Um, I would suggest for them to maybe get a whole new bunch of worries, to be honest. Um... What do you average? 88? Uh, uh, yeah, JLT? 82 and 94? Yeah, 88, yep. Yeah. Um, last year, I think he went at high to mid-90s. Um, so, I mean, you, you just don't get concerned by stuff like this. I'm big on this with the premiums. It'll sort itself out. Things will go back to normal. And you know what? You can almost... you can. This is what will happen. If it goes wrong, people will say, oh, we saw this on the JLT. We should have known it. But let me tell you this. If you thought that about every bloody decision you made, you'd end up with none of the actual premiums because you wouldn't be picking uh, half the play. You wouldn't be picking Brody Grundy. He's probably going to be you'd be picking at the moment. Down back would probably be Shannon Hearn, wouldn't it? Well, probably you wouldn't <laughs> be picking Lockie. Whit- you wouldn't be picking Lockie Whitfield. You wouldn't be picking Simpson because one good, one bad. You you wouldn't be doing any of that sort of stuff. I mean, it's just totally ridiculous. Get over yourself. Premiums are premiums. If their role is going to stay the same as last year, it's fair to assume their output would be pretty similar for the premiums. That'll be fine. Rory Laird is one that I'm still really big on. And you know me, I had that slight panic when I was playing around. I had, I think I had Brad Crouch, Match Crouch, uh, Smith, Laird. Yeah. And that's when I started putting the doubt in my mind. But then, you know, having those little conversations that you need to have with yourself. If one was a ruck, one was a mid-pricer, I mean, one was a midfielder, one was a defender, one was a forward, you wouldn't even second-guess yourself, would you? Yeah, but and then when you factor in when you factor in every other team's probably got at least two of them really yeah. only running two units. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you, you have to have a look at it too. I mean, how many times do players score? You know, over how many times do teams dominate and score over a hundred? How many different players they have score over a hundred? Sometimes you've got six or seven players that have dropped tons. So yeah, yeah. Don't scare yourself there, Rory Sloan. That it's a no for me. They, it's probably a no from me too, and I think that's because they got Brad Crouch a little bit cheap, well, 100k cheaper, um, and Matt Crouch a little bit more. You know that about 30k more. Yeah, about 30k more, and I think is a lot better. I don't know. There's worse pods out there, I reckon. Um, well, I, I, there's certainly worse, but there's probably not a long list of worse pods out there. Um, you know, come se- come season round one, um, taggers start to become relevant again. Uh, if you know you can shut down Rory Sloan, why not take him out of He's the game? He's one that you have to go to, Rory Sloan or Bryce Gibbs as well, isn't it? Oh, I think you go to Sloan before you go to Gibbs. You can't You can't even go You can't even go near the Crouch boys because they're too strong inside. Yeah. 
Well, you don't you don't bother with Matt. You're, you're probably half assuming Brad's getting injured during the game. Um, <laughs> Rory, you just you just go to Rory. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Good one, Brad Crouch. He's had sixty. He's had sixty disposals over the jails. He's averaged one hundred and twenty-one SuperCoach points, seventy-seven percent time on ground. I don't think I really see the time on ground numbers being that much higher early in the year. Um, they got they got a bit of depth, so uh, he'll probably play similar minutes, and that'll probably increase the further we get into the season. What do you think of Brad Crouch at 418k bombs? I've been super impressed by him. I kind of had a look at him before the JLT started. The injury happened. We got into it. 118 in the first week. I kind of got a little bit excited. I was super excited what I seen last week. What are your thoughts on Brad Crouch? Well, he's probably going to go down injured. And when he does, I'm going to crack it. I'm going to lose my shit. And I'm not going to be happy. And you're going to get the sulky, sooky bombs on, on the podcast, which was a fair chance to probably happen anyway. <laughs> at, this stage, I'm, at this stage, I'm starting with merit, so that was probably bound to happen. Um, but I, I can't say no to it at the moment. The form the is just pure ability. I mean, wasn't he one of these... Uh, it was one of these prized picks that were given away, wasn't it? Hogan, Crouch, and a couple of others. that they Remember when... GWS or Gold Coast had access to players before they actually made it to the draft and yeah. clubs could trade for them. Crouch was one of these players. So when you have players in that year, and I don't know who the hell it was, but you had number one picks sort of floating around, they were really pick number fives because these blokes here, you know, your Hogan's and your Crouch's and that, they were one, two, three, four. Um, who was the other one? Jack Martin, I think, was one of the other ones that did that as well. Anyways, um, yeah, no, you can't say no. To, to be honest, I don't think you can say no. One of the things I've done through the JLT is I've, I've shipped miles off and I've moved Brad Crouch in. And, you know, my kind of strategy behind it is, well, it's going to be a lot easier to downgrade uh, Crouch to someone like Miles if it all goes wrong and Crouch gets injured than it is to get Miles up to Brad Crouch because where the hell are you going to pull 80K from? So I'll start Brad Crouch. If he gets injured and it's a really real early season type injury, uh, he'll make his way down probably to a miles, um, given that there'll be a similar price and that sort of stuff. Um, otherwise, if he can make it through the first 10 weeks, he's probably almost ready to move up to a proper yeah. mid-primo anyway. So, yeah. Oh, when I remember when they first came in, I always had Brad Crouch as a better player than Matt Crouch, and then injuries and stuff started um, poking around. But it's great to see. I love these two as footballers, so it's great to see them both kind of out in the park together. They just How, how often do they just link up to each other too? That yeah. brotherly love in the midfield, man, like they just yeah. feed it to each other. Um, do you think Brad Crouch is a safer pick than someone like Dom Sheed? Safer in terms of output or games played? Yeah, either or. Yeah, games games played is not safer, but output is certainly safer. Yeah, you think he's going to match Dom Sheed even after what you've seen in probably the last I, six games? I think he's going to beat Dom Sheed in average, and he'll probably lose to him in games played. Okay, beautiful. We'll talk about Dom Sheet when we get to the West Coast podcast anyway, or the West Coast section of the JLT. West Coast um, game? Yeah, thank you. Just keep in mind, too, I just I probably should drop it at the start. We are splitting this podcast into two, um, hence why we're not quickly shooting through these. Uh, we're going to do the first half of the JLT in one and the second half of JLT in another um, to split it up. Matt Crouch then, bombs. what a JLT he's had. It kind of annoys me because he was one that I was absolutely massive on. Um, almost solidifies it as well too. So if he starts to shit at the start of the year, I'm going to crack it. Um, 
an aggregate of 132.5, or an average, I should say, not an aggregate, an average of 132.5 over the two games, 155 off 38 disposals last week. Uh, disposal efficiency nice and high too. I think he's getting a little bit time around, a little bit more time around the ball from centre bounce as well, helping with his kicks too. Bonfar, what are your thoughts on Matty Crouch? I think he is the one that is rivaling that kind of merit spot in my team at the moment. Um, you know, we spoke about Crouch. We've spoken about numerous times through the preseason, but just his ability um, just to accumulate the ball, get involved. That allowed will improve as a team. The amount of ball he gets, he'll naturally become involved in more scoring chains. Um, I think Supercoach is obviously very weighted towards intercept possessions, um, and I think that's becoming more prominent, but he doesn't get a lot of those. But I think he makes up for that uh, in kind of contested numbers and that the kick-in is something that he kind of needs to, yeah, get going. I think what what got me uh, pretty happy on the weekend was just his tackle numbers. Um, his tackle numbers were good last year. You know, often you'd go through games and he'd only be sitting on two, three tackles kind of deep into the fourth quarter. But, you know, we saw him lay nine on the weekend. So um, it's that sort of stuff there that's going to make a difference to him, obviously, you know, with the 38 touches, naturally you're going to have a fair bit of contested and you had 15 of those. Mm, pretty good. I didn't know Chase Jones was a midfielder only too. Yeah, 170k, I believe. And yeah. um, Matt Crouch, he did that from 73%. Uh, sorry. Matt Crouch's game on the weekend. Sorry, I think yeah, meant yeah. Yeah, no, nah, it was great. Stuff. It hasn't played over 80% yet, too, so it'll be good to see him get going. Um, yeah, Chase Jones, 78 Supercoach points off nine disposals, seven in the first game, even if he gets named JLT1, just too pricey? He is too pricey, and I think midfield is the area where we actually have um, options for midfielders. If he was a forward, I would be basing my team uh, kind of with the anticipation of him being in it, because I think he's a lot uh, come round one. Just reviewing presses like I, I typically do, um, there's probably no way he's not selected come round one. Tell you what, I'm not too happy that we've gotten to team three and you're only just getting to some presser talk here as well. That's, <laughs> that's well, the first good. game, uh, yeah, Vessenden and, and who do you call who they play? I don't even remember Geelong, who we reviewed. Geelong. Geelong. Yeah, look, they didn't, they offered a little bit, but not too much. Let's, I think not that's enough. Could anyone take a risk on Sauce Jacobs with the midfield he's got around him? I think Adelaide are going to improve this year. Is... Yeah, nah, 455k. I won't have a go at people for doing it because if that 450k pockets you, what's that, 250? 250 on? And all of a sudden you can turn a different mid-pricer into an absolute elite premium then, yeah, maybe it's a good thing. And, yeah, it comes out and averages 100, uh, 105 to 110. You're laughing. I oh, know yeah. I wouldn't be doing it, but... No, I'm, I'm probably not game enough to do that. Still got to touch on it, though. You got to risk it to win the biscuit. Yeah, something. it's the kind of pick that'll probably win uh, 1K. Yeah. One week. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, no one else to really talk about. Tom Lynch played all right. Um, oh, Malira, someone that you've Oh, my up. God, I can't um, believe I skipped past this. Yeah. What was that? 29 disposals at 100% yeah. disposal efficiency. Got him in my bloody um, draft team, still my keeper league team, so we'll definitely be holding on to Wayne Malira. I can't, cannot believe I skipped over that. Oh, hey, Miller, I should say. 29 effective touches, 8 marks, 3 tackles. Only scored 123. It's crazy. That was a lot of uncontested, though, wasn't it? Uh, look, no idea, but you'd assume so if you're a player of yeah. Wayne Miller's uh, 
kind of standard in the game. From memory, it was. Let's jump over to the GWS. Oh, couldn't think of a better man to start off with. 173k defender, 12 disposals, <laughs> 92%. Just looked great in the air. Uh, was shooting out of the box real quickly. He was shooting now, was he, Corey? That was Isaac coming. He wasn't. He wasn't firing blanks. <laughs> He is an absolute superstar. No, no, no. I, I do, I do kind of, I do kind of worry about uh, the Come Express when they do field a, a full lineup. I, I could see a spot for him on the bench, um, but he could be one to to make way. What do you think of his JLT? I, I thought no, I'm not even going to go there. Look, the listeners probably think we have a few of these jokes kind of lined up before we get on here, but we're going to show you that we don't. Um, oh, well, I do. <laughs> 170 is too much. I mean, if he was 140-ish, I'd half consider it if he was named round one, but I'm not going to go up to 170 for him. Yeah, it's probably a little bit too much, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd prefer um, just a little bit less from the from the Cummings first. In terms of price, I mean, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> hey, he's sure averaging 105 over two games. Bombs, he's on kickouts. He's got the ball in his hand. Good luck to him, that's all I can say. Thoughts on, uh, before we touch on your boy, thoughts on Zach Williams missing the game? Would that affect you at all at looking at him? Um, no, it, it hasn't affected me in looking at him. But I'm um, not all that kind of committed to, to getting him in. I know that if I get one wrong, it's probably going to be the lack of Zach Williams. But, oh, sorry, man, I'm just having a little yawn there. Um, yeah, it's not going to be one that I'm going to back in and I'm not going to trust. Um, I'd be a little bit worried that he missed this game. I get that it's got to do with loads and all that sort of stuff. But, I mean, the rigors of AFL football, football what that says is that you need to be repetitively uh, put on the park. You know, your body endures a lot. And, gee, I don't know. I don't know how hard his preseason load was leading up to that first week. But if you already need a week off, that, that concerns me a little bit. He did drop, he had 20 disposals and only 53% time on ground too, so it's not like, it's not like he played a big JLT one, like he got plenty of it, but he yeah. only played 53%. Yeah. So, it's actually almost more alarming to me than it is for Kelly to not play. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, kind of weird. Who did, so what did they play? They played Adelaide, who did they play in the first game? No idea, man. Good, are um, <laughs> Yeah, not much, clearly. I'm just trying to think about this whole Cali thing, but we'll talk about Lockie Whitfield first. You're not alarmed, are you? Oh, no, no, no. Bomb six for as cool as a cucumber a year, mate. Uh, 29 touches, 8 marks. Uh, only only used the ball 69%. Um, <laughs> honestly, couldn't care less if he scored 42. In fact, wish he scored 42, so that way teams didn't select him. Um, I'm all in on it. Still think he's going to be the number one defender on the season. Um, no concerns at all, man. His first quarter, he had one touch. In the final three quarters, he's racked up 28. So, look, the bloke will just do whatever the hell he wants. He'll do Lockie Whitfield kind of things, and he won't average any less than... Well, I don't think he'll average in double figures. I think it's triple figures minimum. It's it's such an engine, too. He, he covers the field like no one else. He's everywhere. Pops hey. up forward, pops down back... On the wing, and that's the thing. I've seen a lot of people saying, "Are hey, you not worried about him starting on the half forward flank?" Mate, he probably wasn't even on the half forward flank. He was probably down, sitting on the bloody back flank, wandered down there, had a stroll back. Yeah, 
I'm, uh, I'm very confident in him, in him as well. If anything, Sorry. the JLT has actually helped helped me when it comes to Lockie Whitfield because I'm not looking at scores. We, we always this, say you do not look at the scores of your primos. It's not what JLT is uh, about. The best disposal uh, sort of player, like, use, use of the ball, that's what I'm getting at here, I think in the GWS midfield, I think he even exceeds Kelly. Um, to be cool. in, Kelly's, Kelly's yeah. almost the best kick in the comp. Well, then Lockie Whitfield is <laughs> the best kick in the comp. Then uh, he, he's just a super kick. Uh, the bloke's just, he just oozes. He just glides. Ooh. He glides over the field, Corey. That's what he does. He glides over the field. There's no concerns with him whatsoever. Uh, Jackson Haley and Jai Coldwell, I thought they both looked good. I don't think there's a spot for both of them at the start. Who's taking it? Um, neither. None of them will debut. There you go. Not bad. Thoughts behind that? Not for them. Oh, thoughts behind that is um, I'm, I'm very kind of reactionary, and they've just got a, too much probably to come back at this stage. They also need to cull the list that played over the weekend by four, plus the returning players. So they're looking at six to eight changes potentially within the team, and uh, they're not making it. Yep. They're not making the cut. Uh, Tim Taranto. Another 28 disposals. I was about to say 29, 28, 96 super coach points. He's probably impressed me. Probably in the top five players for the JLT. I know there's a lot of people that are talking on it, especially on Twitter. When it comes to those ones that I wasn't expecting, so that's probably a better way to do it. One of those that I, I, I did say could go to the next level, didn't really know what to expect. I thought Tim Taranto's JLT was very good. I think the size he puts on is super impressive. Um, yeah, I want to know your thoughts. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't think he can reach that sort of next echelon for the midfield group. Uh, I'm not paying at that price. If he was mid-forward, he'd be almost first selected. But um, that prize, no, I'm, I'm not touching it because I don't believe he can average triple figures this year. One... Again, we should probably should have probably mentioned this. We will be doing a draft podcast tomorrow night as well, um, yep. and one that I'll have a I'll keep an eye out for in a draft format. I think he's excellent for that format. Um, yeah, so but I agree. I couldn't spend for for at that price. You'd be expecting him to go to the next level because what's he making? You're probably at best seventy k. It's not worth it's the trade. Bad. Yeah, it's not even. Honestly, if he's making your 70k, he's almost a keeper. keeper. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, especially when Cali comes back, Kim Nilio's in there. Um, it, you know what? He's one that I probably should actually speak about. Let's go to that before we go to Cali. Um, what a JLT he's had. 35 and 37 disposals. Who was this? Canilio. Um Yeah, look... Canelio does what Canelio does. He's obviously a contested beast. He's probably the most contested player um, in the team, uh, aside from maybe Cal Ward. But Cal Ward's going to have a little stint in the sideline. So, um, yeah, he's, he's going to fulfill that role. And we know contested possessions lead to, um, yeah, sort of good good points. So, hmm, he's an interesting one. I don't know if I've got the Gajones to kind of start him. But uh, certainly, if you're kind of looking at a point of difference, you know, we spoke earlier about Joel Sullivan and that sort of thing. Um, then, yeah, he kind of is maybe 30, 40K more than that sort of bracket around the 550 of those players we often speak about. But, I mean, he ended the year last year essentially as a top eight midfielder if you started with him. I mean, there was no real need to trade. Is he getting the lack of respect because of how cheap he was at the start of last year? I think 
he's owned in 12% of teams, and I think that's overs. Wow, I didn't realise it was that high. It, I, can, I can guarantee it wasn't that high before JLT. No, it, it wouldn't have been. It might have been 2 or um, 3%. Yeah. But he's on 12 at the moment. Taranto was on 6 as well. Couldn't believe that when I saw that. I was on the source the other night, actually, and I remember taking a screenshot of someone's... Oh, no, sorry. No, that's an incorrect statement. I was, wasn't on the source because I think it was during the Port Adelaide game. Um, and that was on that was Saturday while I was at work, so I better not have been. Um, Tom Rockley, so as soon as that game finished, I screenshotted his um, oh my God. His, to- his percentage of teams owned by. So when we get to the Port podcast... Bring that up for me, because we're going to compare how many people have been sucked into Rocky. Well, um, I think we're done with... Are we done with GWS? We are not done with GWS, because okay, I do fine. want to talk about Josh Kelly. Okay, go for it. Are you alarmed? Are you worried? The fact that he hasn't played a game is... is a Because G- GWS are probably the most untrustworthy team when it comes to talking about their players. What are your thoughts on Josh Kelly? Well, the good thing is, is that um, we've got unlimited trades <clears throat> up until the, the teams are announced come round one. So if he's named round one and you want to point a difference, by all means, go pick him up. I'm not concerned by lack of game time, none of that stuff. Premium, premiums, that, that stuff doesn't matter. I can't, don't know how many times I can say that uh, in, in one podcast. Um, but... I mean, it all comes down to whether he's named or not. You know, am I going to do it? No. There's probably better value out there, and I'd feel more secure with someone like Oliver, who's like 4,000 more, so that's what I'd be doing. And I don't want to talk about him, but Toby Green. Yeah, neither do I, so I don't know why you thought I'd talk about him. I mean... People are still looking at him. Well, they're probably teams that we're beating for, to be honest. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say, man. I think we've said it... I've said all I can about him this pre-season. I, I sort of don't... I don't trust him. And even when he's good, he doesn't score enough tons to warrant a selection. And, you know, what to the 18% of teams that are running him, they're picking a name over everything else. Is his midfield time... No. Down? Done? Done. He's a forward pocket. Yeah. Is that because of injury? No, that's because GWS need him to be that. Yeah. If GWS had a better forward line... He could he he may well move just move into the midfield. He's too they good. Were, he's too good. Yeah, yeah. If, if they were able to have you know a it's a Robbie Gray thing really where you know Toby Green similar thing in the forward pocket they're probably the best two in the league. Oh, pound but, for pound. And, I've always said this pound for pound. Toby Green's the best player in the competition. Like taking yeah. out the fact that you have midfielders who are midfielders and you know what I mean, like size, yeah. height, weight. I just Toby Green's a freak. Yeah. And I'm not disagreeing with that. Doesn't correlate to super coach though. Yeah, for him to be valid in super coach, he needs to win more football. Yeah, and it's just not there. All right, let's jump to Port. Rocky. Should we start with Tom Rockliffe? Oh, just let's go then. All right, what hundred? Okay, forty nine in JLT one, sixteen disposals at fifty percent from sixty percent time on ground. JLT two, forty one disposals at eighty one percent. And 170 super coach points. 87% time on ground. Now, let me find me a little snap that I took the other day. Um, first of all, you want to give me your thoughts on Tom Rockliffe? <laughs> he may well be back. <laughs> I can't believe oh, I'm saying it. Oh, you are joking. <laughs> he, might, well, he might be back, honestly. Um, uh, he was taking marks all over the field. What do you have during the game? 17 or something like that? 
I think he finished on 17 yes. marks. Like, yeah, it was something ridiculously high. I've got to bring it up. Um, oh, shit, I'm in the wrong game now. I can't even find where it is. Um, anyways, doesn't matter. He is a pure beast, and I think he's back, cause I think he is back, honestly. Okay, I've, we've got a huge disclaimer out. Our love for Tom Rockliffe was was almost neck level. I don't think I don't think we have ever gone into bat for a player or fly the flag like we did for Tom Rockliffe two years ago. Now you're telling me the man who abs almost destroyed this page single handedly and its reputation. You're about to go fly the flag for him again. Oh my god! Is he currently is he currently in your team? No, but he's contending for Brad Crouch's spot. <laughs> when I look at Brad Crouch and I look at the injury history and I look at Brad Crouch only top... You know, listen to this. Brad Crouch's highest average, right, in his career was beaten by Tom Rockliffe in every year of his career um, from 2011 onwards aside from last year. We can't look back that far, though. It's, it's a different <laughs> play. However, we Wingard's... averaged 130 in the past, 131.8. Oh, no, he was so good. Wingard's gone. I mean, I don't want to suck the listeners in here, but I know I, I did want to have this conversation. I didn't expect you to love him this much. <laughs> do you think? Do you think he can come back? What do you think he can average this year? Uh... I don't think I can do it. Honestly, I, I, I probably can't. But you know what? You've got to listen to Hinckley's presses, Corey. And do you know what he says in his presses, Hinckley? He's, he's talking about, yeah, this is a time for change of Port Adelaide. He's talking about these new players. We'll get to some of them because they're, they're a really relevant team, I think. For, yeah, for yeah, they are super, super coach relevant. Um, he's talking about these newcomers and the freshness they provide. And he's talking about changes in roles. He's talking about Boke. All of a sudden, being in the midfield, he's talking about, you know, Ebert's kind of change in role as well and his ability to apply pressure in the forward half of the ground. We know Robbie Gray is going to stay in the forward line. We know Wines is going to miss the first part of the year. You know, S- is it SP Pal Pepper? Yes, I get SPP and SPS always uh, kind of mixed up. SPP uh, Pal Pepper. He hasn't come on like they they probably thought he would have after his debut year. They. They are just looking for a bloke who can win football. Now, we know that on that sort of field, on a, on a game that's as free-flowing as that, uh, on a game where no one really pays any attention to the opposition, of course he was going to get 16 marks. We probably should have seen that coming. Um, he will have games like this throughout the year. Um, I'm not game enough to start with him, but, oh, man, is he tempting. Okay. All right, that's enough. He's not tempting at all for me. He's the body is. <laughs> I think it's one big hit away from him going back to what he to last year's or the year prior. It he was so good for so long and taken so many hits. I think his best football's well and truly behind him. Um, I'm happy to eat humble pride if I'm wrong. I do love Rockliffe. I've always respected him really highly. Um, but, it, you know, the case you're making now, you could make the same argument for someone like um, Dan Hanabry, you know, off that old old school system, except Dan Hanabry didn't score 170 on the weekend. So if he dropped 120, 110, and I know, I hate saying this saying, but no one would be looking at him, but you cannot ignore the fact that he scored 170. 
However, mm. I will. I, there is no chance I would start him. The, the risk, I think, far outweighs the reward. I, I can agree with that statement. I'd probably want him 100k cheaper at least. Oh, jeez. Would you pick him over Libba? No. Well, then why, why would you want him to, uh, to be probably, more than 100k? Probably need, cheaper, him, you? probably need 200k cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you're going too far because there's no way I'd pick uh, him over Sam Walsh. I could tell you that. Oh, there you go. Um, what? Oh, he's gonna do. He's gonna do it again. And I'll tell you what. First two weeks, he comes out with back-to-back one thirties. What are we talking about? He averaged seventy-five last year. Yeah, you know what that says to me, Corey? He's underpriced. Oh, thank him. Yeah, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. All right, he's hey, had, he's had enough airtime. What's his percentage of teams owned him? Uh, it's still that? three, and it was three when I took the photo. So yeah. I think I actually think I took the photo too late. Or you know, I got it slightly like start of the game. I reckon it might have been one or two. I thought it was going to be higher. I literally done that purpose for the pod. I, I did think it was going to be higher. <laughs> All right, let's go back down. We'll go back to the defenders for Port Adelaide before we move on to their super relevant midfield. I think um, Darcy Bird Jones had a good game of the weekend. Not not even worth looking at. I think Xavier Dersma. Did he play himself into a game? Yeah, he may have. Um, and listen to Hinkley's presser. He reckons there could be five or six players playing their first Port Adelaide game. Keyword being Port Adelaide game. So you can assume Lysett would be one of those yep. at an absolute minimum. Um, who knows who else we'll see. We might see Drew. We might see Butters. Uh, I think the two most likely, or yeah, probably the two most likely, I would say, would be Drew and Butters. Butters in the yeah, third agree. Most strongly agree. Yep. Yeah, he played great. Twenty-four disposals off that halfback line, off the halfback flank, I should say. Um, he was super impressive. Uh, Connor Rosie, just too expensive for what we've seen. If yeah. he if he was to get a debut, I don't think he's going to. But if he was, you cannot justify that selection. Yeah, which is it's a shame because he's the only one having to play against men before too. So mm. he could he could just enjoy some time going back but, to the Magoos and. He's probably going to have the more challenging role of a forward pocket as opposed to kind of all the rest of them. Yep. Um, Zach Butters, have you seen a more... Uh, nah, that was a stupid statement to make, so ignore that. Um, round one? 100% round one. 100% midfield eight for me. And 100% the uh, runner-up and the rising star. And if this was any other year, he probably would have won it. Yep. Well, it's hard because LDU's going to shit it in, so... Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one who's impressed me the most is definitely Will Drew that we got as a mid-forward as well. He's got another 86 on the weekend. Um, I don't yeah. even know if he's... Is he Rising Star eligible? I, I, I think so, actually. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be young enough, certainly. He, he was, he's super impressive. I've loved the look of him. Now, you said his name before. Um... Oh, my God, I just looked at Robbie Gray and kind of almost got sucked into that. Travis Boak, he, he hasn't got DPP. Um, wow, I thought he definitely would have had DPP. Oh, 478K. Now, bring up the presser comments that were said about Travis Boak because he sent Twitter into meltdown on the weekend. Did he? Well, no. So, Hinkley spoke about changing it up. Hinkley spoke about, you know, gee, you can just see how free he's kind of playing. I believe, personally, all this captaincy bullshit... There's no weight on game day. Look, whether you're captain or not, 
you're going to go kick the football, attack a contest. You don't do things a little bit harder because you're captain. You, you kind of just try and uh, back yourself in 100% of the time. That's what I believe anyway. Maybe you only believe that because maybe that's the way I would have played football if I was ever talented enough. But at the end of the day, uh, his transition is back into the midfield. And I think Ebert might be the one who's going to suffer now and play more that four-line role basing that purely on the uh, kind of dialogue we're getting out of Port Adelaide, particularly in those post-match pressures. And um, look, Boak won't be one that I take the risk on, but I, I really got a feeling we're going to be upgrading to him in that forward line. I was about to say, is he forward three eligible now to start the year? Jeez, um, you'd have to be a brave man to do it. Um, I'd want to see at least six weeks of data first. Yeah, and again, you're probably not paying much more for him either. That's right. You'd, yeah, you'd, you'd probably actually pay the same price. A lot of teams with Robbie Gray. Um, a lot of teams hoping for him to play midfield. We know that's the case with him. He plays midfield, he scores well, he doesn't, he doesn't score as well. Um, and that's the risk you take. Yeah, that's fair. I've got nothing else to add to that. Uh, Scott Lysette, so this is an interesting one. Dixon's down, I think, what, four to six, I think he's going to miss first couple of rounds. Um, Riders went and played forward. He's obviously clearly a little bit hurt too. Probably can't play too much ruck. Scott Lysette's probably going to have free roam at the ruck. Well, he is, and I think what that means is we can't select him because it makes him more tempting, but it's a trap because when they get their full complement of players back, it kind of leaves his role susceptible to change again. So unless you're planning to play him for the first six weeks and take three price rises out of him before trading him on, which we would strongly encourage uh, against here, um, then I wouldn't bother. And Justin Westhoff as well. Does that make him more relevant being the backup Ruckman again? Um, I think Ryan will be good for round one calls. Um, listening to oh, he's playing. Know. He's definitely playing. But they reckon he's going to sit up forward. Yeah, and, and look, that's okay. I mean, Westhoff is a good option down forward, and he's not going to play solely as a forward line player. He's going to move up and around the ground. So um, yeah, don't don't have concerns. Man. Can you ask the planes to take a different flight path around your house too? They're a little bit loud. Are they? Yeah, yeah no, sorry, I'll get down to uh, Tullamarie in the morning. I'll just let them know, man. Thanks. Sorry for, for the inconvenience. Nah, that's all right. I just heard it last week, and it was the first time I'd heard it. So Did you? I was, no, actually, sh- I was actually shocked at the, the pretty good headset you're running there, Bombs. Yeah, I'm just running a, one of those cheap, bloody phone ones that come with the phone, mate. <laughs> oh, that's good. Really undermine the podcast there, but that's all right. Hey, well, we're on a tight budget here. Ah, you're right. Um, that's all. Uh, all our money's invested in you, so it's yeah, a bit well. hard to... <laughs> and you guys won't allow me to claim that on tax, so uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go out and... Uh, look, I think, I think Port Adelaide is going to be a super valuable team when it comes to um, the kids moving into the year. I think they're going to offer up a, a lot. And I think Boak might be a better option. Uh, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes top six at some stage. I don't have the balls to start with him, though. Moving along to North Melbourne. Oh, sorry. Uh, ben Mackay down back, or Mackay, however you say it. you got one at Carlton, so you'll know how to say it. Just key post too much? Just too, just too risky, yeah. sorry, with what else we've got around? Yeah, and, and the fact that they don't have, um, you know, Thompson kind of in the lineup, and who's the other one? Tarrant as well. Yeah. So I think uh, Thompson played. Oh, Thompson's yeah, ineligible for round one yeah. uh, suspension, suspension though. Yeah. So neither of them can play round one. So he'll definitely play round one, but um, it's a matter of whether he can stay in the team round two, three, and four, because sometimes we're, we get these players and they get dropped very quickly, and I think that's what's going to happen to... Uh, I'm going to go with McKay. So 
I'm going to say, uh, if we're doing a, you know, maybe a little snog marry avoid here, we're going to avoid Ben McKay, I reckon. How's uh, Jamie McMillan not lining up for JLT too? What, why is that relevant? Oh, he scored 136 in the first one. Yeah, I'm sure sorry. there would have been lots of teams that would want to see him again. Oh, honestly, well, all I can say is this. Hopefully those teams are not part of the elitist <laughs> community. Uh, the respect for probably the 2019 rising star, Luke Davies Uniaki, looked good with um, a little bit more plays around that midfield, but only dropped the 57. Uh, I know you've... Have you brought in Walsh for him yet, or...? Honestly, if you're going to sit there and ridicule me with that sort of bullshit, I'm, I'm, you might be a solo podcast next week because wherever Brady's, if he's in the, if he's in the freaking Caribbeans <laughs> or if he's gone missing, if he's locked in some bloody tunnel in the middle of the ocean, who the hell knows where he is? Uh, I'll find him and I'll join him if you're going to insinuate. You know what would have been good? Because Vreda would have been all the best. He'd be like, oh, Sam Welsh can't match uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think Aldo is going to win the Rising Star. Uh, who's that much? He would have been all about it. I would have even had to start it. That would that, that was actually a pretty big impression, actually, Brett. Um, but no, honestly, Sam. Nah, Wall- full teams in there. The disposals are down. It's it's too risky to pick Aldo. It's a joke. Yeah, um, Aaron Hall. I don't think many got as much as what they would have hoped out of him. No, nah, don't bother. No bother, that's all I'm going to give you with that one play on. All right, let's talk about Bailey Scott, who's had 40 disposals in two games and dropped 89 supercoach points on the weekend from 58% game time. Is there a spot for him in North Melbourne's team come round one? Oh, there's a spot for him in the Bombs Express lineup, that's for sure, sitting at 117k if he was to get selected. I honestly don't know. I mean, Cunnington still uh, isn't in the team, and you kind of look there and you think, hmm. There's a few to leave. Yeah, there's a few to yeah. leave, but they've also got a few to come in from that round 22 team that they fielded last season. Obviously, Polek, obviously, uh, Hall, and who was the other one they picked up? Uh, Dom Tyson. Uh, yeah, um, Dom Tyson. Dom, yeah, Dom's, so Dom's played three. some pretty underrated football, even for his supercoach scores too, I think. Agreed. I think Dom Tyson's been underrated his entire career. I really like Dom Tyson. Um, and obviously, Jasper Pittard as well. So they've got a lot of changes to make to their round 22 lineup uh, last year. Um, if Bailey's got selected, though... Um, there's a fair chance I'd, I'd be running with him. Uh, yeah, well, I think you have to, don't you? Um, 117K. Yeah, I th- look, I, I think, you know, because we've got players like Bewley and Hind and Gibbons who probably aren't setting the world on yeah, fire, that I'd be more inclined to pick Scott ahead of all well, those kind of players. I'd spend 17K and go up from Gibbons. I'd I, probably sideways at Bewley. I didn't, even, I didn't even say what Gibbons scored today, by the way. Um, yeah, 30 uh, odd. Yeah, which is what I spoke... We'll, get, we'll talk about it later, because I spoke about it last week. I'm super worried. Uh, Goldie didn't play Campbell. Do you think Campbell's got a spot in this team? Do you think they're going to play no. two Ruckman? No. No? They'll end up with Cruz. They're not going to do it with Campbell. Yeah. Yeah, no, great point. Um, so, you, Todd Goldstein, free reign. Um, you giving him any more air time, any more thought? I'm so all in on Max Gorn at the moment that it means that Goldie is out of the calculation. Yeah. What about Gorn and Goldstein? I couldn't do that. I don't think I'm going to start the year without Grundy. Yeah, Brody Grundy. Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. Neither could I. And he was one that I liked too. Um, but Ruckman can't go back to back. 
Yeah. But maybe Gorn just becomes number one and Grundy becomes number two. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Or Goldie just becomes number one and we're all sitting there thinking, how do we not start Goldie? Um, <laughs> Taron Thomas, one of those ones, I don't think he's going to get around one debut. Hopefully he can go back in the Magoos and find some form. Nick Larky as well falls into that uh, bracket. I don't think we're going to get enough from him. And I don't think they really teed up. Anything else? No. no they didn't offer us much more. They're, they're not an entire... Well, they're not an, They're not even remotely Supercoach relevant. We just got to hope that they give us someone during the year. Someone just goes back and plays twos and can... See, but I don't think they will, though, because they, they invested in, in kind of four players that traded in who, let's face it, are going to play in their team, and they've had players like Simpkin go in and out, and they didn't really play Uniaki last year. So, you know, that's you know probably six positions in their lineup. Alright, we'll cover our last game for this pod. We're doing four on this one and five on the next. Uh, Melbourne and Brisbane, which was a pretty good game. Um, well, you'd be pretty happy. Yeah, you'd I was... be pretty happy with either team. Yeah, I'll, uh, we'll start with the Ds. Marty Hall. Now, we know Sam May's not playing round one. Um, he think... will. He will play round one because... I'll tell you what, it's an absolute farce, and if the AFL don't turn that over, I might just even march up to their front door and say, hey, bomb six for us here. Oh, Overturn that decision. I was watching. <laughs> yes, <Ben Ingram>. <laughs> <laughs> When I was watching that, I've seen someone, uh, Will, uh, one of our admins, a passionate Melbourne supporter, um, Melbourne tragic, really, um, he was saying that when he seen it, he thought he might have been in a little bit of trouble. And then I went and watched the video, and I thought, oh, it's a little bit soft. Now, if um, the Phoenix can go put his size 44 hands on someone's face and give him a karate chop, I think May might be all right. It was, it was, it was, I get it, the ball wasn't really there, but there wasn't much in it. He's absolutely... Kind of just walked into him. Uh, fair thing to Corey. If he is suspended for that, then football's dead. Honestly, it is, it is just absolutely... Finished. All right, go back to 1980, mate. Um, hey, let me, let me tell you this. Sorry, uh, you said before, you know, Melbourne, tragic, and I couldn't help but think of the people down in the snow and that sort of stuff. But did you see the person who was eating the oh, bloody three-tier bloody the plow from North? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, if that is anyone in our community or you know who that is, can you put us in touch? I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, just trying to work out how she kept the, the food there at a good temperature because she had cold cuts of meat and everything for, was it a guy or a girl? I can't remember. I think but it was there a was just cold. There was cold cuts of meat just flying left, right, and centre on that platter. One of the better anti-pasto spreads I've ever seen in my life, Paul. We should get an elite challenge up this year. The, <laughs> the community member who can get the best kind of unorthodox kind of spread yeah. into the MCG. And get themselves onto TV or something like that. We could sell them a T-shirt or something. You'll win a shirt. If you can get yourself onto a TV with a four-tier high platter at the MCG... Yeah. We will send you a shirt. But we will need evidence prior to the game. Just inbox us uh, at our Facebook page, Twitter page, whatever it is, and just say, hey, heads up, going to the game this weekend. This is what I'm doing. So look, we know. Look out Look out for my high yeah. tea. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. It's open. It's the best of the year. The best of the year will win the Elite's T-shirt. But please, nothing stupid. We don't want any incidents. Yeah, do not go get yourself into Don't trouble. go streaking. Don't go striking players nah. you know, behind. You're like that Muppet did overnight in the soccer. Did you see that? That was, that, was, um, that was unbelievable. Yeah. Don't do anything stupid. Well, stupid within context, you know, because probably carrying a four-tier anti-fasto plot of the football is stupid, but, you know, you're not causing harm to anyone. Exactly. Yeah. 
Nothing racial. Nothing stupid. That's right. Nothing that's going to get you in trouble. Keep that's it right. clean. Nothing yeah. that will get you banned off the elites page is a good way to do it. Yeah, that's right. Look, yeah. you maybe you just bake yourself a six. Maybe just you'll carry a wedding cake into an MCG or something. Just sit there and eat it with a spoon. That'd be a great idea, wouldn't it? <laughs> what, was the, what was the one in the States when the bike put. The little kid put like tomato sauce on oh. a watermelon or something like that. Oh my god, yeah, the watermelon kid. Wasn't he part of the big bash? Anyway, we're getting way yeah. off topic. Okay. Anyway, money hall. Money hall. Money hall. Johnny's Marty his Hall. name again. Um, yeah, no, so look, Intercept uh, kind of feeding almost, isn't he? Um, if we can, for lack of a better word, but. Yeah, knows how to get intercept possessions, and that's why you see the huge uh, sort of disparity between his fantasy and super coach scores there. It's all because of the intercept possession. So, um, yeah, now lock him in on your benches. I'm not confident to run someone like that on field, but uh, it should be named round one, and, uh, yeah, have him as your kind of first selected emergency, I think, anyways. I think he's going to be handy. I think he's going to be a good little player. I, yeah, look, I, I think, uh, you know, he's not going to be kind of like the due day, but he might be like a poor man's version of a due day this year. Yeah, I think we'd be lucky to see someone down back like that. But, yeah, we'll get to it later. Um, poor, straight to their midfield, they didn't really offer much down back. Angus Brayshaw, Bonds, we need to talk about him. He's had 26 at 62, 74% time on ground. He scored well again. Are we just going to keep seeing this? We we may. Um, I'm very curious as to whether this might just be a, a very kind of form patch type uh, type thing, and, and maybe a bit of a preseason trap. I won't spend 520k in him because I'd much spend another. I'd much rather spend another 30 and buy a Matt Crouch or a Merritt or a, or a Dusty or someone like that. But um, it would not surprise me to kind of see him break into the top 10 now. I don't think. Um, but I just don't have the gahones to do it, and would encourage people not to start the year with. Him. No, I, I don't think he'll be... I wrote an article on him this week. I don't think he'll be a top 10, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was top 10. Um, he's, he's one that I'm not picking. And his disposal efficiency is 61%. Yeah. And he kicked three goals in that. So if you take those three kicks out of it, so then his other 23 touches would have gone at, what, like 55% or whatever it is. Uh, I mean, there's 11 tackles and three goals to get him to 126. Like... I, I just think he's got another gear to go to. Yeah, potentially you can see it that way, but he's also not going to lay 11 tackles. He's also not going to hit the scoreboard like that. Well, and the the alarming stats, he's almost an AFL fantasy player rather than a super coach player. Look, I think so. Yeah. Um, Sometimes they can align. They can, but I'm passing. Clayton Oliver just does Clayton Oliver things and hits a ton every week. No, absolute beast. And I'll tell you what, any team that does not have him and Cripps to start the year is probably not within the running to win 50 games. Because they'll knock out 22 games and they'll knock out some beast averages, the both of them. Uh, Max Gorn is, I think, the biggest lock in that ruck department. Now I think, I'd, I think I'm all in on Gorn over Grundy. Just uh, from, I know, from so Bruce Grundy. going down. Yeah, no, Gorn, look, he's an absolute beast. Don't know why I ever doubted him. Uh, glad to be back on board the Gorn train, though. Um, I wasn't gone too long, Corey, don't you worry about that. But uh, I'll tell you what, Bruce even uh, got himself a little bit of an injury in the two yeah. as well. But apparently taken off precautionarily, if that's a word. And, uh, nah, Gorny, don't you worry about that. Lock him in. I'm actually with you. I, th- I think he will be the number one ruck. Yep. 
Did we go a year too early on the Petrapa? What do you mean by a year too early? You know, last year everyone was all about Petrapa, Petrapa this, Petrapa that. Petrapa. His name still... Petrapa was talking about. But... Yeah, I know, but his name's still Petrapa. Oh, yeah, I'm not changing it. I'm not picking him. But yeah. did, ah, so the did the community may have gone a year too early picking him. Could he, this be the year that he comes into the top nah. six? Nah. It won't be a year where he's playing that many forward line minutes and he, and he kind of becomes top six. Is he playing midfield minutes at the moment? No, but is that what you meant? There won't be a year where he plays that much midfield minutes. Sorry, that much. If he's currently... Yeah, what I mean is he needs to increase his midfield Yeah, so you said there's not going to be a year he plays that much forward minutes, but what you meant to say was midfield minutes. Well, yeah, I don't know, Corey, but you get what I mean, don't you? You need him, you need him in the guts more. <laughs> I need him playing in the midfield more yeah. for me to select him, and uh, that ain't going to happen any time. Uh, he's too valuable up forward. Yeah. Look, team. he is, and he might just be, well, maybe he might just be some unfulfilled potential his entire career, who knows, but I don't think he's ever going to reach uh, the heights that maybe he was sort of set out to reach. Oh, I think he will. I think he's a super valuable player. I don't know if he'll ever be super coach relevant, though. That's what I'm, I'm speaking in super coach context. Yeah, okay, yeah. Because yep. in, yeah. in his position, he's probably ranked uh, as one of the elite ones. By yeah, the end he's, he's, a, he's a freak footballer. He's <coughs> so strong. Um, but they don't need him to play in the midfield. That's the thing. They they do, they don't need him. Why would you well, put someone there you don't need to play? they're lucky to have had Brayshaw come on board. Because, yeah. you know, Brayshaw and Oliver, I mean, there's, there's not many else big names oh, Nathan in Jones. their midfield. Give me one. Nathan Jones. Uh, oh, okay. Come on, give me a good one, Corey. Yeah, leave Jones here alone. He's all right. Not sort of top echelon uh, midfielders in the competition. When I think, when I think of... Melbourne tragic, you know. You also you think of the the Alps the, down at the Alpines yeah, yeah. and the snow, and you think of Nathan Jones. Do you? Oh, I do. The man's been through Melbourne in their probably darkest period ever, and he's coming out of it. If there's one player in the competition who probably deserves a premiership medal, it's probably Nathan Jones. You reckon? Oh, man, go check go check his career. Have a look when he <laughs> the years that he sat through that team. My God, I'm yeah. surprised he's still well, there. Smart man would have got out. If, if there's any, if, look, if there's anyone that deserves a premise, it's probably me. I reckon. Just <laughs> mindful. I've done nothing. Anyways, let's move on. Brisbane. Um, Alex Witherden. Just, I, I don't know where to gauge from him from here. I think he's playing no. in a in a gear below. I'm actually expecting a lot more coming out of the JLT, but I don't have him. Um, what are your thoughts on Wither? Yeah, don't, don't worry about him, Corey. Don't, don't, just don't even worry about him. I mean, worry about him when he kind of produces the scores and have a look at him then, but just don't do it now. 450k, whatever he's kind of sitting at. Uh, these 70 type scores you'll see pretty uh, consistently through the year, I reckon. Yeah, HA looking pretty good down back. Harris Andrews doing what he was doing last year before he got knocked out. Yeah, can you trust that he won't be swung forward? Probably not. Nah, not at all. Yeah. I tell you who's, I tell you who's a, just a freak footballer and is going to be so good, Cam Rayner. He reminds me a lot of Petrarca as the way they play football. I don't think he'll be super coach relevant anytime soon, but man, he's he's a man child. I'm not meeting any of the Rayner um, sort of hype. Don't get it. Don't understand it. Don't think much of him. Are you kidding? You don't watch enough Brisbane football, man. I've seen enough to make an assessment. No, nah, I don't think you have. I think you just hate him because I think you hate him because I hate him. What in my top six last year? 
you just want to beat up on him still. What about that shit? Yeah, get off his case. <laughs> <laughs> Jared Lyons, 502k. Oh, you going to pick him, on. Bombs? Oh, no. he's averaging more than Rockliffe. Oh, well, gee, lock him in then. Has yeah. he averaged 130 before in a year? I bet yeah, he hasn't. He's, he's averaged 128 in the JLT series. Oh, well, by all means, give him a million-dollar contract, Corey. Oh, man, Brisbane are going to be awesome this year. I can't wait to fly the hot flag for <laughs> They're honestly not going to... I honestly think they're incredibly overrated at this stage. Oh, yeah, you would, though, because you just love beating up on up-and-coming teams. No, I don't. You, you, hate, you hate any team that was around Carlton's mark for as long <laughs> as they've been shit as. You hate seeing any team around that kind of, you know, that last... Uh, Bloody fifth last period for the last <laughs> decade, doing well. Do I? Well, then why do well, I enjoy Melbourne so much? No, you don't. You hate Melbourne. Well, that's that's clear. You just like. insulted Petrarca. You only like Oliver. Hey, let me tell nice you. Bloke. Let me tell you who else I like. I like Aaron Vandenberg, and you never spoke about him, Corey. But he pumped out a ninety-seven, and he's only worth you know sub three hundred k. He might be a sneaky one there in the draft leagues to keep an eye out on, just for an FYI. I don't know who that is. Um, of course you don't. <laughs> you're not a Melbourne fan, you see, Corey? I said the other day the one person that was impressing me so far this preseason was Reese Matheson as well. I oh, would not pick him, but I like <laughs> what I've seen from him. So another draft league smoking, <laughs> I reckon, up forward. Um, Lockie Neal, what did you think? Because oh, were you in the Lockie Neal hype as much as I was? No, I am. He's yeah. had 25 of his 28 touches with handballs, which is hilarious. Um, 17 of that all contested. So he's going to do this stuff all year. And you know what? Lockie Neal's never probably going to really kind of go 120, 125. But what he'll do for a lot of his career is hover 110 to 115. And he'll play 22 games. So I feel like he's just a pretty safe pick. It's, are you worried about how many safe picks we're picking? No, I'm not. Okay. Because I am balancing that out with a shitload of risky ones. I mean, I said earlier, I've run mid five mid-prices. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm, and I'm going pretty safe in terms of Games played, history, records, and that sort of stuff with my primos. Yeah. And that's the thing. You're not going to win the $1,000 weekly jackpot, but you're going to be in a, probably a good position all year. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Oh, probably not you, but, you know, like someone else. Yeah, well, not all... Well, well, let me... I'll let you know how I'm doing <laughs> up here in Divi 1, and you let me know how you're going down there in Divi 2. Huh? It's, good. it's nice down here. Hey, Lincoln McCarthy, what do you think of his oh, game? Oh, mate, I'm actually all in on Lincoln McCarthy. Are you? Yeah. Are you? Yeah, did yeah, you hear the presser post-game? No, I didn't. You Can what. you please explain? Who, who's the Lions coach? What's He was all Fagan. in on McCarthy too. That's an understatement. Um, but again, was he 247? I think yeah, he was. 247, 500 forward. Dropped 105 yeah. game one and 75 game two. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, Smokey and a half, that one there. And... Um, May even sneak into a fair few teams, I reckon. He, he's, a, he's a solid pick for his price. Where's he, where's he getting possessions? Well, Corey, if I, if I knew the answer, that I'll let okay. you know. Because so. <laughs> the, one, the one thing, he's kind of the same price as like the Darcy Moore. And who did you bring up before? Um, oh, no. Yeah, Ridley. Yeah, Ridley. Yeah. Sorry. Um, oh, fuck. It's imagine, similar price, but it's a position. Lot, imagine so taking a, a lot of risks on those players. <laughs> Run a, run a team with more Ridley and McCarthy. Well, I'll tell you what, you might even win the 50 game. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's the problem that I have, the worry that I have with Lincoln McCarthy. He hasn't cracked over 20 disposals. What if he's playing in the forward line? They come out and play West Coast round one, yeah. and he drops 40. So. He probably won't drop 40, but he might drop his hammy. 
and he might be out for three weeks or something yeah. like that because his injury history is as worse as anyone I've seen. Didn't even notice Mitch Robinson jail either. Yeah, no. 100, 215. Yeah. Someone asked me about him the other day and I was kind of just blew him off real quick. Um, not top six, <laughs> though. No, don't yeah. do so. No, no, not at all, not at all. All right, should we wrap this one up here? What are we, one hour, 20 deep? We might as well start the JL2 potty. Yeah, uh, We'll save questions for that as well. So we'll do the last five games and questions. Um... Yeah, make sure you check out Smitty's spreadsheet that's dropping tomorrow. Um, if you're not listening to this when it come out, it'll probably should already be up on the website. So definitely go in there. Uh, I'm not even sure where he's having it. I think it's going to be in Stat Lab. I'll need to double check that and find that out. Um, now remember, we've got the Exotic Limo League up at the moment. Go try and earn your spot in that. Jump on the forums. Get what you need to get in there. Be creative. We are going to be. We are going to start to drop as we get closer to the season. The um, just the the normal league, so you'll be able to take on some Supercoach Elites admins. I think we've got. Do we have ten leagues coming up, Bombs? I'd assume so. Yeah, and we've got uh, a whole bunch of admins spread out across the the leagues as well too. So keep an eye out for that. We do have to ask a favour though. If you're in one league, can you just jump in one league and keep it to one league? Um, there's a lot of elitists in the community that kind of want the chance to, to join a public league and be out there. So we do ask, if you're in one league, just respect it and keep it to one league. And let's say this. If you join more than one, we will boot you out of the extra ones you've joined, and that's up to our discretion. So you might have specifically joined a league to take on a specific admin, and you might be booted out of that league because you got greedy and tried to join another one. Yep, and we also must say that if you are being a little bit greedy, and you do happen to get yourself into the exotic limo league, we'll boot you out of that one instead. So, Whoa, that one's yeah, yeah, we're getting pretty nasty. Um, group yeah. code. Group, group code. code. You, to join the group. you got six, it. Six one four five two. If you haven't joined the group yet, we've got well over five hundred participants in that. We'll get some final numbers up next week, uh, sort of just prior to that. So this is great. I think we've, we've at least doubled our numbers on the. Uh, on the participants we had in this last year, so I'm pretty happy with that as a result. Yeah, it's great. And remember, the top three will be getting prizes um, in that code in that league too. So, uh, good luck to you. Uh, on behalf of Bonds myself, peace out, uh, community. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for JLT two number two recap. Goodbye.